Chapter 1. The Feathered Dart Richard Wentworth whirled the corner, goaded himself to a sprint, and ducked into the first darkened doorway. There he crouched, blackjack balanced on his palm. He would make an end, now and for all, of the surveillance which for a week had hounded him through the slattern streets of the underworld. Time and time again he had eluded these stealthy shadows, only to have them reappear upon his trail. A man walked briskly around the corner and, keeping to the curb, came whistling along the street. He was beyond reach of the blackjack, playing the usual cautious game. Wentworth's lips were pressed hard against his teeth. He would chance an attack anyway. Damn it! Had they run him down again? Wentworth was still in hiding, his face quite altered by a half-dozen tiny, puckering scars which a ricocheting bullet had inflicted. All the world, save only two persons, thought him dead, and neither of those two would talk. The shadower was almost opposite the doorway, and Wentworth hefted the blackjack, tensed, ready legs beneath him. But he did not strike. At the moment when he would have sprung forth, he caught the sound of approaching footsteps, ponderous and slow. Only one type of pavement pounder walked like that. The police. Wentworth shook his head. He pocketed the blackjack and slipped out another implement, a thin, hooked probe of surgical steel. It was the work of moments only to unfasten the door behind him with the lockpick, to fasten it again when he had entered. For the present, he would be free of pursuit, before they could pick up the trail again. Through the dark, close cold of the hallway, Wentworth sped, then down into the basement and out into the yard behind the tenement building. The rooms where he lived were only a few blocks away. If he could reach them before his shadow— They would know where he was going, of course, and would hasten there to find his trail again, but perhaps he could gather tools and clothing and escape. Wentworth cursed bitterly as he sped through the tenement that backed on the one whose door he had unlocked. A few months ago, a few weeks even, this surveillance would have presented no difficulties. He simply would have left his quarters and all that they contained, found new rooms, bought new supplies. But now he was almost without funds. His entire estate, which he had willed to his sweetheart, Nita Van Sloan, had been confiscated under the crooked regime of Senator Hoey. Hoey was dead now by Wentworth's own hand. But how could Wentworth, supposed also to be dead, fight for the recovery of millions which were also lawfully his? If he dared to come to life, he would have to face a mountain of evidence which would prove past any doubting that he was that dread killer of the night, the spider. Yes, Wentworth was a murderer in the eyes of the law, a butcher who had slain a hundred, a thousand of his fellow men. They took no account of the fact that he killed only those who richly deserved to die, that he alone had prevented a score of master criminals from overwhelming the forces of law and order. And because he had fought so valiantly, the denizens of the underworld also would rejoice to lay him low. Small wonder, then, that this ceaseless surveillance harassed him, At the door of the tenement through which he was making his escape, Wentworth hesitated a moment, scanning the darkening street. There was only one person in sight, a young woman who hurried along with her head bent into the sweep of the January wind. Wentworth slipped out and merged into the shadows, but for all his careful concealment he moved very swiftly. He overtook the girl, just was passing her, when an automobile whirled around the corner ahead. Wentworth dodged instantly deeper into the shadows.